Welcome to the Fly Now Marketing Podcast, where we turn marketing mystery into marketing magic that any business can use. Hello, everyone. This is Jeremy from Fly Now Marketing, and I am here today to speak with you about your ideal client or your ideal customer. This is a topic that... um, (laughs) It's funny, you know, we hear a lot of people talk about, you have to know your ideal client, you have to be able to define them, um, and that it's important, you know, but then I go and I talk to businesses or companies and for what I do, the, the technical search engine optimization side of things, um, it's very important for me to know what a business's ideal client is because it makes a difference when I do research on how to find where the money is for a business online. If I knew who their ideal client is, then I know more about how to get in front of them and um, how to find ways to get the money coming into the business. But it's funny because I ask businesses, who is your ideal client? And a lot of them, they one of two things usually comes up. They're either really vague about it um, or they will say something like, you know, oh, I just, you know, people ask me if I need to know or if I know who my ideal client is or if I can describe them. I just hate that because we really, really like anybody is our ideal client. Well, that's not true. You know, um, it's just not like some businesses, you may be able to define your ideal client very simply um, from the standpoint of it, it may be like a male version and a female version of your ideal client. You can define everything about them and that's it. And um, other businesses or companies or industries may have different groups of ideal clients. So you may have more than one quote unquote ideal client bracket. So for example, um, a company that does manufacturing or sells industrial, uh, ventilation products, they're probably going to have like one ideal client, right? Um, they're looking specifically for developers who are, um, not developers. Uh, they're looking for people who are building industrial manufacturing facilities. That's, that's literally pretty much all they're going to cater to. So their ideal client is going to be centered all around that person. And, um, then on the flip side of that, you may have something like, uh, you know, insurance, like health insurance. Well, health insurance is probably going to have a number of ideal clients because health insurance covers a number of things. And depending on the insurance agency and how many different products they have, even they will be different from agency to agency. So like not every insurance agency is going to have the same ideal client. Some of them are going to be geared more towards, um, you know, supplemental health insurance for families that have, um, you know, employee, employee benefits and they have insurance through their employers, but they need supplemental or, um, you know, some, your ideal client may be as far as health insurance, it may be the self-employed person who doesn't have access to insurance, but you have a group planned for small employed people, um, or self-employed people. Um, you know, there's, so right there is two completely different 
ideal clients. And so each of those, each of your ideal clients, each of your sections that you would have a different ideal client for, you really need to be able to define those. And if you can't define them right up front, that's fine, but at least get started. And to give you an idea of how important this is, I actually have um, a colleague of mine that he used to be a manager of Bed Bath & Beyond. And they literally had something in their employee and management culture. Um, and I forget, forget for sure what her name was, but I think it was Anna. But they had an ideal client and then they literally named her, like they called her Anna. And anytime that they would have a meeting on marketing and sales and different things like that, or uh, purchasing, if they were going to add something to the store or whatever, they had this picture of Anna and Anna was defined for each and every store. So it didn't matter, you know, there wasn't like one blanket Anna for the entire, all entirety of, of Bed Bath & Beyond. It was like per location. So each different store location throughout the United States had a different Anna. And anytime they talked about like, when we get these products in, how do we market this so that Anna would like it? You know, how would Anna feel about this product? Um, how would Anna feel about this product being here? And like I said, I don't remember if her name was, if they, her name was Anna or whatever, but that's what I remembered. Um, it may not be, but it was something along those lines. The whole point being even Bed Bath and Beyond had their ideal client defined so specifically that at each store they had, they would pull up a picture online. They would grab a picture of an Anna that they, or a woman that they thought matched their Anna profile. And they would put her picture on a, a poster board. They would call her Anna and they would list who she is. You know, she's a, a mother with three kids between the age of this, you know, she's between this and this age. She's got three kids, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they would list all these things. So they had their perfect client and they knew who she was. And the more they marketed to their perfect client, the more people that were similar to Anna that came through the front door that they, they literally started attracting their perfect client. But what was funny is all of their marketing was geared around that. So where things went in the store were they tried to get in Anna's head and go, okay, what would make sense? Where would things be in the store for, to make Anna's life easier? Um, you know, what language, what verbiage would we use on signs to catch Anna's attention? Um, what things are important to Anna that we can highlight that we can, um, you know, solve a problem? What are Anna's problems so we know how to solve them or, or we can find what we can solve them with? Like, these are the reasons that understanding who your ideal client is, is extremely important. So it's not just, it's not just because it's quote unquote, the thing to do. It's really because there is a strategy behind it. And the first one is, um, you know, how to market to your client when you get like, look at it this way in one industry, you know, like let's take Anna from bed, bath and Beyond. Anna is, you know, a mom, she's a housekeeper, she needs this stuff, and you're going to talk to her a specific way. Um, she's got a certain list of problems that are all about, you know, suburban life. Um, th that's just, that's like her thing, right? Well, 
how you talk to her, the language you use, the problems that she has that you can solve for her, that's going to be completely and totally different than if you're over here and you're a tattoo artist and you work specifically with, um, you know, your, your tattoo niche is biker people. Not just the average person that wants a tattoo, but you really cater to biker people. You know, you, um, you're 80% of your clientele is bikers. You have a great referral business with bikers. You've got several quote unquote biker gangs that come in and, um, you know, so you're a tattoo shop with, you're not going to use the same language that Bed Bath & Beyond uses for Anna. You know, you're not going to talk to them the same way. You're not going to be like, hey, have you had a stressful day? You know, we're, we can help you relax. We can take some problems off your plate and we can solve things by simplifying life in your kitchen. Like you, I know that's a really extreme example, but that's literally why you need to know your ideal client. And if you don't have a definition of them, chances are you're marketing to them incorrectly. And um, here's a more specific vision or version of that particular idea. I was working with an IT company and, um, it was a franchise and we had to look at what the corporate level was doing as far as their marketing, because they handled a lot of the marketing for the franchise level. And then we were going to come in and try to supplement. Well, it's an IT company. I mean, from the standpoint of they're geared towards working for businesses and their ideal client is somebody who is in, owns a business or manages a business that has anywhere between five and a hundred employees. Um, you know, they've got in office Wi-Fi. they may have intranet, they've got a secure computer system that all works together. Um, you know, this kind of thing, like that's the kind of it servers, um, backup systems, security for a group and a large network. So that's what the IT was about, right? Well, I'm looking at for doing strategic SEO and I'm looking at the keywords and I'm realizing that, um, the corporate company ranks mostly for stuff like, um, you know, keyword being any word or group of words, meaning a phrase that people put into a search engine to look for something. So the keywords that, that a lot of the corporate office was ranking for was like, how do I archive emails on Outlook? You know, well, you can get a lot of traffic from that word. I think there was like an average of 16,000 searches for that word a month. And that was, you know, that's great. Yeah, they were getting traffic from that. It was on a blog post that they had written or several of them. But the problem is the average person who's looking for how to archive emails on Outlook is not a person who is looking for an IT company that they can pay for ongoing services, you know, for installation and maintenance of IT solutions for business. So, you know, it could be anybody among literally millions of people, kids, students, stay-at-home moms, you know, anybody, like 
anybody in the whole entire United States or in many places around the world could just be wanting to know how to archive emails in Outlook. Like it's not a specific keyword and it does not reach a target client for this IT company. So they had literally a list of keywords that they were ranking for that were all like this. And I'm looking at it going, none of these get you in front of your ideal client. Well, why are they going for these keywords as opposed to going for something for their ideal client? You know, well, this comes down to they had not defined corporately and then run it down through their, uh, each of their franchise locations, what their ideal client is. Like some of the owners could say a little bit about what their ideal client is, but they didn't have a real true definition. And then they didn't carry that into their marketing. When you understand, like I said before, when you understand your ideal client, you carry that into your marketing, you speak to them, you talk their language, you know what their problems are and how to solve them. And then like to take it down, break it down even further. When you get to something like technical search engine optimization, you have the whole point is to find the keywords that go along with your ideal client, your money client, the client that's ready to pay you money for your service or product. So in the case of the IT company, we, it was, you know, there was like 16,000 searches a month for, um, how to archive emails at Outlook. And that's just one keyword out of literally a couple hundred that I found that were this way. But then I got to looking and there was a bunch of keywords that they had zero rank for or very bad rank for, meaning, you know, page four, five, six, somewhere in there that were like, um, managed IT solutions. Because like literally companies that have this IT infrastructure, they look for IT companies that will manage their IT. They, you know, they hire them for an ongoing month to month service type basis, and it's called managed services. And you look up managed services or managed IT solutions. Well, all of a sudden, you know, depending on location, city, state, whatever, your keyword volume may vary. So it may only be 500 or 800 or a thousand or even 300. But the thing is, these are clients who are looking to pay for IT services, IT management. They're not just, you know, they're just not, they're not just looking for a blog post that they can read through and figure out how to archive their emails and then move right along. These are people that are looking for what an IT company has to offer. So I hope all of that was clear enough for you to understand that, you know, you, you need to understand who your ideal client is so you can understand how to market to them. And I heard something today that was, I knew it, but this was put so wonderfully. You are in business to provide a solution. Your product or service is a solution to somebody's problem. And if you don't get that out there in front of them and you don't tell them that it's available and that they can pay for it and they can achieve it, you're doing them a disservice. Because these people are coming to you because they have a problem that they need to have solved. If they're coming to buy new shoes, it's because they need new shoes or they want new shoes. That's a problem that they have to solve. 
Well, if you don't, if you're a shoe company and you don't tell them that you have shoes and they can buy the shoes, they can get them, they can pay for them and get them sent to them, or they can come into the store and they can buy them and walk out with them. If you don't tell them that you can solve that problem, you're doing them a disservice. So don't be afraid to sell. Don't be afraid to find your ideal client, but just do it, you know, and, and break down and look for who your ideal client is and figure out who they are, be able to define them. Um, I have a mentor that he walks you through a process and I'm going to go over this in a, uh, probably my next podcast a little bit more specifically on how to define your ideal client. But, um, he literally has steps to take you through to think about, but something I want you to be thinking about, I think that's what I'll do. I'm going to make a note right now. So, um, tomorrow on the podcast, I'm going to walk you through what to do to figure out and define your ideal client. And like I said, you may have a company where, you know, for some groups of services, your ideal client is one person. And for another group of services or products, your ideal client is another person. So you may have several that you have to do, but I want you to be able to at least know how to define your first one. Once you can figure that out, then you can move on to the second one. It's not hard. But, um, so what I want you to do for now is think about, and remember a lot of times your ideal client is very similar to you. A lot of times you got into what you're doing because it solved a problem that you once had. So think back, um, about why you got into whatever it is that you're doing, why you're selling, whatever it is that you're selling, whatever service or product, or, um, even, even, um, nonprofits, charities, they have an ideal client. So sit down and think about, just ponder, take notes. Who do you think your ideal client is? What kind of life do you think that they live? What kind of problems could your product or service solve for them? Like think about what kind of problems do they have in their life that you can solve? What emotions do those problems bring up in them? You know, if you're in health insurance and you have your family and you have young kids, you know, everybody knows for the most part, kids can be like a germ factory. So there's, and not to mention they're reckless, right? Like they go do things, they break arms, they scratch each other, they fall down, they do whatever. They're kids. It's what they do. But to have the peace of mind of knowing that everybody in your family has adequate health insurance so that if something happens, you can go to the doctor and you know they're going to be taken care of. Like that peace of mind. So you're not just selling insurance, but you're selling peace of mind. Does that make sense? You know, if it's printing, you're solving a problem. You're offering the peace and the, the confidence of knowing that you can go somewhere and get posters printed for your event and they're going to come back. They're going to look really good. They're going to be done in a really fast frame of or space of time. And, um, they're going to be really great quality. So you're going to feel confident about putting your posters out for this event that you're doing. So think about the problems that you solve and how solving those problems makes other people feel. And tomorrow I will go through, I will literally have a checklist for you 
on things that you need to consider so you can define your ideal client. Because I'm, I promise you of, of all the other things, that, of everything that you can do, knowing your ideal client is the, the most important key to being able to structure your marketing strategy. Without it, everything else is a shot in the dark and your uh, results will be very, very low. So let's get those results up. Let's define your ideal client. And um, like I said, I'll help you more with that tomorrow. But thank you guys so much for listening. If you have any questions before we go into tomorrow, um, contact me at info at flynowmarketing.com. That's info at flinowmarketing.com. And I will be happy to answer those on the, the podcast tomorrow as we go through defining your ideal client. In the meantime, share this with, you, with your uh, business friends. Let them know what's going on. Thank you guys so much. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Fly Now Marketing Podcast. Be certain to check us out on the web at flynowmarketing.com. That's F-L-I-N-O-W marketing.com, where we always have great info, a ton of tool reviews, and a nice topping of free stuff. So until next time, may your marketing always bring you magical results.